This is the Juice on the Cues podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Good morning, Syracuse. Welcome back to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com. I'm your host, Wes Chang. Thanks so much for joining us on this Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. We'll get to ACC kickoff later in the show with Brad Bierman, but we begin today with Bayheim's Army and their disappointing loss to Heard That in the TBT quarterfinals. Bayheim's Army just couldn't score during a 17-0 run in the second half, and that's all she wrote on the TBT this year. But it was definitely fun watching their first three games in Syracuse. And for those of you who are missing some of the alumni action, you get a second bite at the apple. On Sunday, August 6th at 7 p.m. at the SRC Arena and Events Center, the Syracuse alumni team Orange 8 will be taking on a Georgetown alumni team, Dog Talk. Orange 8 is led by general manager Eric Dievendorf, and we welcome him on the program now. Eric, thanks so much for coming back on the program. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. And we'll get you started on this one. As I mentioned, you're the general manager and player for Orange 8, and you're going to be playing in an exhibition this Sunday. How'd you get involved in this? Uh, Well, so Ricky Goings, uh, Kareem Rush, Jake Jackson, um, they've done a great job of of getting the ABL League together. I know last year they uh, had a lot of success with the Georgetown Maryland games. Um, So Ricky reached out to me a while back. Um, and asked me uh, if I would be interested in being the GM and getting a Syracuse alumni team together to play against uh, the Georgetown alumni team. And um seems like a cool idea. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, I did done the TBT um, for a while. And, um, you know, it's kind of similar, but, you know, the ABL is different in that, you know, it's just one game. And then obviously, you know, you, you get to the players get to get paid regardless of, you know, winning or losing. So, I think that was a big incentive for the guys and, um, you know, to be able to play. So uh, it was cool that, you know, they reached out, wanted to get something going in Syracuse. And, um, you know, it kind of, um, you know, after that, he reached out to me. I reached out to some guys and um, uh, told them what it was about. And um, they were happy to come back to Cuse and uh, put on the jersey one more time and compete. So, yeah, Eric, really impressive roster. Aside from you, there's C.J. Fair, Chris McCullough, John Gillen, Malachi Richardson, Paul Harris, Rick Jackson, Jimmy Beheim. Can you talk to me about the process of putting together this roster and how you sold it to the players? I mean, I, like I said, you know, obviously, if, you know, getting paid to play, that, you know, uh, helped out a lot. Um, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm friends with all these guys. I have good relationships with these guys, you know, from the TBT, from – you know, just being in Syracuse, playing with these guys in the summer, working these guys out. So uh, it wasn't really hard, man. You know, just kind of tried to, um, you know, fit it into their schedule and see if they could make it happen. And, um, you know, they were pretty easy to get on board, man. Eric, you know I love the TBT and what you and a lot of these guys have done for Bayheim's Army. But I think this specific exhibition is a cool experience to see because everyone here attended Syracuse. Is that something that drew you to this? Yeah, you know, I think just, you know, the past few years, obviously you've been hearing it from, uh, you know, Syracuse fans. Like, it's, you know, they love watching the TVT and Bayheim's Army, but, um, you know, it makes it better when it's all Syracuse alum and, and you know, they're they're recognizing these guys that they've watched in college. So I think it does bring a little bit more excitement um, when you have all Syracuse guys just because, um, you know, we know how much support the Syracuse community gives so they could, you know, come together one more time and, uh, you know, cheer for these guys that they've uh, been cheering for, you know, really their whole life, I guess. Eric, is this something you plan on doing every summer? And also, what does it mean to be playing Georgetown? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll kind of just play it by ear, you know, see uh, what Ricky and Kareem and Jake got going on for, for next summer, and we'd love to be a part of it and keep it going. Um, you know, hopefully this Sunday um, is a success, which I, I'm sure it will be. You know, Syracuse community comes out and supports like no other. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I know some of those guys on the other side, Chris Wright, I think Henry Sims um, are a few guys that um, that I recognize their names. Um, and it's always good to kind of get back and compete against a, a big-time rival. Um, you know, Syracuse, Georgetown, everyone knows about that. Um, you don't have to be, um, you know, a part of the old Big East or, or whatever it is to, to know that rivalry. So it'll be good to get back out there, um, compete against them, and, you know, have the home crowd backing us. And Eric, we'll get you out of here on this one. You stayed so active in the Syracuse community, and we were talking pre-show about two camps you have coming up in the Syracuse community. So tell me about that and what the camps are all about. Yeah, so we got a couple of camps coming up in late August. Uh, Myself and Tyler Lydon, who obviously was a former Syracuse player, are doing a camp August 26th at Solvay Community Center. Um, And that'll be from 9 in the morning to 11. Um, Kids ages 8 to 15, boys and girls. Um, and then that following Monday, we have a week-long camp partnering up with Nike um, where we're doing August 28th to the 31st, boys and girls ages 8 to 15. Um, you know, we do it annually. We did it in the spring. Um, so it's always fun to get back and, um, you know, partner up with Nike and, and see all the kids come and, uh, you know, improve their game. But not only improve their game, just just learn the skills that they need um, to be successful in life. So really looking forward to those two camps at the end of August, um, trying to fill them up and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Really appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. Syracuse legend Eric Devendorf, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Orange 8 will be playing against Dog Talk on Sunday, August 6th at 7 p.m. at the SRC Events Center in Syracuse. We'll leave a link on how to get tickets and also for Eric's two upcoming camps on sujuice.com. You heard Eric mention that Chris Wright is a GM of Dog Talk and other players on that roster include Aaron Bowen, Devonta Smith-Rivera, Greg Monroe, Henry Sims, Jagan Mosley, Jason Clark, and Rodney Pryor. So this is definitely a matchup you're going to want to see. Good luck to Eric and Orange 8 this weekend. We'll take a quick break. I'll be joined by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief Brad Bierman after. I'm Wes Chang. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So last week, Dino Bapers, Aranda Gaddison II, Garrett Schrader, and Marla Wax were in North Carolina for ACC kickoff. Let's do a deeper dive of that with the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. 
So Brad, as I mentioned, Coach Bapers and three players were down at ACC kickoff last week representing Syracuse. What were your main takeaways from ACC kickoff? Well, first, Wes, I'm really bullish about the 2023 Syracuse football team. I am. I think that Dino Babers, now in his eighth year, has really put together a, a significant roster in the ACC, one that can sustain a little bit of uh, injury depth there, which is you know going to be necessary in, in football. And I really think uh, there's an upgrade on both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball when you talk about the coordinators. I'm really excited to see what kind of uh, touch Jason Beck puts on what uh, Robert and I you know, brought to the program last year in one season. You could see the difference from what Onai brought from uh, Virginia to the offense. And I think Jason Beck's going to take that one step further this year uh, with a veteran offensive line, a quarterback that's been around, a running game that shows promise, and really think there's going to be receivers that step up, you know, up to six different receivers, I think, are going to make contributions. Then on defense, cannot not be excited about Rocky Long and, and the uh, patriarch of the uh, 3-3-5 defense and what he's going to do to take a step up from what we've seen in the last couple of years with that unit. And when you look at the depth, both up front with the D-line, linebacking core is really solid. And I just love the new players that have come into the program, uh, transfer portals and JUCOs in the secondary. little bit concerned about uh, the special teams. Place kicker, to be specific, not as concerned about punting with Stonehouse, the uh, transfer from Missouri, and then to see if a, a return game steps up uh, for field position. But overall, Wes, really bullish on this team. I think six wins is there for the taking. The big question is, can that be seven or eight wins? Brad, the major news last week is that Colorado is leaving the Pac-12 and joining the Big 12. There's a lot of high major teams drifting toward the Big 10 SEC and now the Big 12. Where do you think this leaves Syracuse in the ACC? Well, Wes, my thoughts revolve around, you know, having the ACC media day last week. Each year at least for the last two years, as Jim Phillips has been running the ACC, very similar type of comments from him. And these really jump out to me. He's been very defensive in telling the media that this league is together. We have a great partner in ESPN. We continue to look at all the possibilities to add revenue to the equation and that everybody's a happy camper. Well, we know from the May league meetings down in Florida that was not the case it was quite contentious. There were a lot of different opinions uh, made clearly around the room from athletic directors and leadership of, of the ACC schools as to which direction to go. So I think what's going to probably happen is this. We know Colorado's joining the Big 12, so they're at 13. They're going to add a 14th team at the minimum and maybe two more teams to get to 16. So when you play the numbers game, Big 10, 16. SEC 16. Big 12 is going to be, we can call it for all intents and purposes, 14 right now, likely to add an Arizona perhaps to Colorado, maybe an outside chance of a Washington, but certainly likely a Pac-12 team to join the Big 12. So they'll be at 14. Will they go to 16 also? Uh, And that would leave the Pac-12 with eight teams and the ACC with 14. Because let's face it, Notre Dame is not going to join the ACC. They're going to stay independent in football. So you have 14 in the ACC, 8 in the Pac-12. That's the obvious 
uh, situation that you would look at. Is there going to be any sort of alignment with those two to gain any strength with the television partners from a revenue standpoint? And that remains to be seen. But I think what's going to shake out is still to come. And that's probably going to be at the end of this decade, right around 2030, where schools that want to move on are going to do it. They're going to suffer the consequences in the ACC of paying for the, uh, the, the media rights, but they'll live with that because of the increased revenue they're going to get from the bigger conferences. It's still going to shake out uh, as each year of this decade proceeds, and uh, what, what exactly is going to transpire by 2030 is still a big question mark. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. So excited, Wes. Just a month or so away from the football opener for the Orange against Colgate, September 2nd at the JMA Dome. And when fans go to the Dome this year, they're going to see more positive changes in how the building looks. I think one of the biggest things that's happened in this offseason in the building is widening the aisles to four feet. And that's uh, to meet the the necessary regulation. So they're going to already lose a couple of seats in each row by expanding the aisles to 48 inches. Uh, the other thing that's going to stand out to me is uh, what the work that's being done already to connect the third level of the dome on the east end with the arch. Eventually that's going to be a, a whole new premium or open seating area for spectators that don't want to be tied to their seats at the dome to have other places to watch the games uh, in a social atmosphere. And then uh, really excited about the premium upgrades courtside. This is really intended as for the uh, premium basketball fans sitting courtside to have a lounge off the ramp where the ambulance sits. But that's now been expanded out with glass for football of VIPs to watch the teams come out for warm-ups. So really a big league feel to that uh, private uh, VIP suite on the floor level. Really excited to see that. And, of course, we're a year away from the big milestone change at the Dome West. That's the uh, individual seating that's going in starting in the summer of 2024. Excited about the Dome changes coming ahead for the 2023-24 school sports seasons. Brad, my closing thoughts are on 2024 quarterback Andy Bass. The rival's three-star prospect announces final three of Syracuse, Oklahoma, and Kansas State on Sunday. I chatted with him shortly after his announcement, and he tells me that he expects to have a decision by the end of the month. His top criterion for selecting a school is a place where he can make an impact early on. Bass has really seen his recruitment take off in the last few months with a bunch of high majors, including Syracuse, offering. We should have a better idea of where Syracuse stands in his recruitment in the near future. That's it for us. I want to thank my guest, Syracuse basketball legend Eric Devendorf, the Juice Online editor-in-chief Brad Bierman. And this is Wes Chang reminding you that I'm a bodybuilder, but I don't use weights. I use snacks. It's kind of a different building process. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com, and we'll see you next time. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 